Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. People who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion-dollar businesses. They see why these guys give them all the tax breaks. Is that fair? What do you think? What about people who paid their loans, though, struggled to pay their loans, and now others? God, what? What an ass! <laughs> Six thirty K out there for stock station. The president is an ass. He's a total a dub. He turns around. He looks like he looks like he just was handed a pacifier. And he's like, somebody asked the question, is it fair for people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans to have to foot the bill for this forgiveness? And his only answer is to turn around and be like, is it fair that rich people have money? ASS, the backside of a donkey. That's President McHairsniffer Brandon. Okay, I got some audio on the uh, college thing. We're going to get back into that because I know everybody's passionate about it. But but I want to make an observation. So there was a story that I came across today that California is expected tomorrow to vote, and it looks like all the votes are there, so they're going to do this. And you know California's freaking crackpot crazy. They're going to do it. They're going to ban all new gas car sales by 2035. So less than, what, 13 years from now, you won't be able to buy a gas car in California. And of course, you know, the first thing you have to think about is like, like what, what, where are they going to get all the electric from? Because we don't have anything right now. Like there's nothing in development unless we switch to nuclear. Nuclear, they could do it, but nobody wants to talk about nuclear. And frankly, it would probably take us about 20 years to spin nuclear up to where it needs to be in order to handle the influx of electric cars. And you and I both know that the reason why they're doing this has nothing to do with the environment. It has everything to do with limiting your choices. Um... But I thought about this story and I was like, why is this even possible? Like, why has California gone so far crazy? And then I guarantee you there's legislators here in Colorado that would love to follow suit. And we, in fact, do follow suit from California. And in fact, a lot of people are jumping ship in California and coming here and bringing the politics that they use to create that cesspool here. So what is happening? And I want to tie all this together because I had this thought, and and I I kind of tweeted it out and and alluded to it a little bit earlier today when I said, you know, I I tweeted this story, and I said, the the reason the left is winning, and they are, you can feel it. Discount the polls. I, I think the Republicans will take the House. It's part of a pendulum swing. They may even take the Senate. I don't know. 
But the left is still winning in America. In just about every facet of society, they are winning. And it's getting faster. Their wins are coming faster and faster. There is a snowball effect taking place in society. And they have successfully co-opted an entire young generation and sort of ended their ability to think critically. So it's going to continue to accelerate. These moves, these sort of lurches towards totalitarianism are going to continue to accelerate. The left is winning. And the reason the left is winning and will continue to win and will ultimately win the destruction of our society is that they understand and embrace one thing, incrementalism. And that is something that the right has never been able to grasp. Let me give you some examples. There's a local one. I'm hearing, alarmingly, a lot more people in Colorado in conservative circles saying things like, I don't know if I can vote for Joe O'Day because Joe O'Day in the Senate race didn't say exactly what I want him to say on abortion. And we pick some of these issues on the right and we make those our sort of plant the flag right here. And it's our principles or the highway. It's another thing that's going on, too. A lot of people are saying things like, well, that guy supported Trump, so I can't vote for him because I'm a Republican, but I really don't want Trump to have, and so on and so forth. Or vice versa. This happens with the Rumpel Trumpkins, too. Well, he didn't support Trump, so I'm not going to vote for him. My principle is Trump. Or my principle is pro-life. Or my principle, right? And there is an absolute inability to embrace incrementalism. So, for instance, my perspective. I am a pro-life, evangelical Christian political libertarian okay some of that doesn't add up and i get it you can't put me in a box but where i come from on this is i have a set of principles that are allegiant to liberty and liberty first and when we have a series of onslaughts against freedom which is what we have right like i believe that life begins a conception that's me personally but if a 19 year old gets pregnant and decides to off her baby because she doesn't want to spend the rest of her life raising that child. As much as I think that that's a horrible thing and that there are better decisions that that 19-year-old could make and that I feel pain for the loss of that innocent human being, I must resort to determining how that affects my life as opposed to, say, a weaponized Department of Justice that can attack and take down uh, uh, opposing party uh, figures or a weaponized IRS that can be used to silence dissent or a weaponized big tech sector that can be used to silence dissent and debate or a weaponized medical field that can be used to force me into authoritarian policies or a weaponized ATF that can be used to take away my legitimate God-given rights to defend myself. I have to order these things and say to myself, we must win freedom. And if all of these different freedoms are under attack, we must pick the freedoms that matter the most. So, for instance, back to our local example, let's use Joe O'Day, for example. Is Joe O'Day where I want him to be on pro-life? Nope. Not entirely. But it's okay. Because Joe O'Day is not going to try to take my guns. He's not going to try to take my income. And he's not going to vote to take away my freedom. He's not going to vote for things like uh, not being allowed to, to sell 
uh, of gas-powered cars in the future. He's not going to vote for things that weaponize the IRS. He's going to investigate things that might lead to a weaponized DOJ. Those things are higher on the priority list to me than the consequences of a 19-year-old's bad decision-making. Does it mean I throw that principle out? No, it means that from a pragmatic standpoint, I must figure out which liberties that are under attack are the most significant to my ability to remain free and therefore fight for those other things. Incrementalism. And the thing that the left understands that the right doesn't understand and has never been able to embrace, and I understand this because as somebody who leans to the right and has strong principles and beliefs about these things, it is hard for me sometimes to give up on one principle or give up on one thing when I want it all because we tend to be staunchly principle-driven. But the left isn't. And that's why they win. They don't have rules. They don't have principles. They have a goal, and whatever it takes to achieve that goal is fine with them. I'm not saying we have to go all laissez-faire like that, but what I'm saying is we have to be able to embrace incrementalism. At some point, maybe we can have a conversation about getting back to sanity on the pro-life issue. But for right now, if all of your income is gone, if your guns are taken away from you, if your ability to move about the country is taken away from you, if your ability to build a business, build wealth, and actually give yourself financial freedom is taken away from you, what good is that in the ability to fight for the other things? This is probably going to make me very unpopular, too, by the way, because I'm sure there's a lot of Republicans that really hate what I'm saying right now. In the 1980s and the 1990s and into the 2000s, there was this sort of popularized idea that the reason Republicans often lost was because they got too much in the middle. And there's a certain amount of element to that that's true. And I'm not arguing that Republicans need to run in the middle. What I'm arguing is that Republicans need to run on things that matter to most people. That's not the same as being in the middle. That's not the same as giving up on your principles. It's saying these things are worth fighting for right now. Because it's better to get a victory incrementally right now and a small victory now that facilitates a large victory later is more important than getting the large victory now, which is impossible because it doesn't line up with what most people think. And that's the thing that Republicans can't get. And that is the reason why we went literally from what was going to be a devastating historical red wave to now we're all like, well, maybe the Republicans will take the House. Because so many people within the sort of quote-unquote movement for freedom are fighting against each other because they're not on the same page on this one thing or that one thing or this is where I plant my flag. And if you don't pay, if you're not here with me on my flag, then, we're, then we, cannot, we cannot move freedom and liberty forward. If we're wasting time getting all up in women's decisions about their bodies instead of focusing on a weaponized Department of Justice that is now going after opposition party figures, but focusing on a weaponized IRS that is now going to be able to silence and dissent those with whom they disagree, focusing on a weaponized Environmental Protection Agency that is shutting down farms and farmers all across America, making everything more difficult for business owners, a weaponized EPA that's stopping us from being able to actually drill for our own oil in the face of massive blackouts. We can't focus on those things. If all of those things are taken away from us, what good is the other stuff?
Are we going to sit in our homes by ourselves, imprisoned by our totalitarian state, and be like, damn, we're ready to fight for this? Come on. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry if this sort of thought process falls hard on your ears, but the reality of the situation is we have some, we have a very small window of time to change the pendulum of momentum and win society back. And what I mean by win society back is a society in which people can have the freedom to say what's on their mind, to debate, to engage in intellectual pursuits, to, to have the freedom to build the business they want, to have the freedom to move about as they wish, to build wealth, to build financial freedom, to be able to protect themselves, all of these freedoms, all of these liberties. And if we can get to that place, then maybe we can have some conversations about freedoms that have long been lost because incrementally the left just kept encroaching. So this is, I, I, I mean, this is an observation, and I know I should probably be talking about the, college debt thing but i just this is very important it's really talking about principle and pragmatism together look at all the infighting like all the like like the rumple trumpkins are pissed off at like liz cheney and liz cheney's gonna go set up a big fund where she can attack anybody that's associated with trump to what end because people don't want dr oz to be the senator from pennsylvania well, you got another guy that says, oh, no, you shouldn't show your ID to vote. And by God, I'm going to side with the unions a thousand percent. I'm not saying unions are bad. I'm saying, is that really siding with all of the constituents when most people aren't members of the unions? But, oh, we don't want a guy who had uh, a video about making crudités and that somehow is out of touch. Right. Like we'll attack those guys. Because they don't line up They're ah, they, they, they supported Trump. They're Trump endorsed. I don't want them around. Maybe maybe we could say, hey. I align, like, let me take Joe O'Day, for instance. Maybe I align with him 80% of the time. You know what? That's okay. That's a win. That's an incremental win. Because how much do I align with Counselor Mackey, the senator from Colorado right now? About 10%? And, hey, I'm glad to have a conversation with him about that 10%. But it's not enough for me to vote for him because that means 90% of the time he's against me. And if I can trade in a senator who 90% of the time is against me for a senator who 80 or 60 or 70 or 75% of the time is for me, that is a win. And I'll take that win and we'll build on that win. And this is the thing that conservatives and Republicans cannot bring themselves to understand. They think it means throwing their principles out the window. It's the opposite. It's understanding the climate, the battlefield, the way that this, this, this war is being fought for America's soul. And it's understanding that the other side has been totally fine since the 1960s and 70s to incrementally attack, 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 attack. They don't care about big wins. They care about little ones. Little ones that normalize the thought process of totalitarianism in a large state that tells you what you can and can't believe, what you can and can't say, where you can and can't go, and what you can and can't vote for. They care about little wins that accumulate to that big place where we're now sitting here and everybody's going, what the actual hell is going on in our country? People waking up going, oh, my God, what just happened? That's incrementalism. And the fact that the left embraced it a long time ago and doesn't have principles that they have to adjust to, 
I mean, this is the thing. Like, I have friends on the left. Look, don't get me wrong. I love people on both sides of the aisle. That's not my point. I have very dear friends who are very far to the left of me. They want a very big government. And we have arguments and discussions, and then we go have a beer and a, and a, and a, and a rack of ribs. And everything is fine, and I love these people. I freaking love these people. I'm better for having them in my life. But here's the interesting thing about my leftist friends. They're not really leftists anymore. They were 10 years ago. They're not really now. We have more in common now than we did then because they're principled people who understand freedom and liberty, and they might want a bigger government, but they don't necessarily want to take away my right to advocate for what I believe in. But the the left as a unit, as a movement, has moved from what used to be, hey, we're for free speech, to now we're for totalitarianism. And they've done it incrementally. And if the other side of the aisle can't embrace and elect candidates that they might have 20 or 25% disagreement with, and they throw the baby out with the bathwater, pun intended, they're only going to get more totalitarianism. And every bit of incremental totalitarianism that we get is harder to unentrench without something that I don't even want to speak of. Okay, there you go. All right, that was my that was my two cents. And you can think uh, that's stupid, or you can hate me for it, or you can be offended by it. I don't really give a crap. It's it's something that I think needs to be thought about. Brandon says anything above fifty percent is a win for me. <laughs> Today, I'll take fifty one percent. I will. I will take 51%. Next time I'll go 60. And then the time after that I'll go 65. Incrementalism. It's a win. All right. So much to get to. I have. Uh, I don't have time to play it here. Or do I? Uh, I'm going to set it up with this. I'm going to go back to this bite because I just feel like that the issue of college debt. Again, incrementalism. Why are we accepting this? Why is it that there's enough, enough people in America that think this is a good idea, that the, the president is safe in doing this. Um, I've got some audio from Corinne Jean-Pierre explaining how this is going to lower inflation and how uh, who is going to pay for this, which we will get to in the next segment. But again, here's Joe Biden answering the question, is this fair? Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who paid their do not own multi-billion dollar businesses and see why these guys get more attention. Is that fair? What do you think? Okay. Let's take the president at his word. He's an idiot and he's an ass. But, I mean, I hate to call the president an ass, but I am. Um, because you ought to see his face right now. It, he's just an ass. <laughs> he's a donkey's butt. But let's take him at his word. Then why the hell aren't you back there in your office working on ways to fix that? Because supposedly you already did, and you made them pay their fair share. So once they're paying their fair share, why do you have to make electricians and plumbers pay for everybody else that's a barista at Starbucks because they can't afford to get a job and they can't find a job on their damn humanities degree? It's ridiculous. All right, I have this audio from Corrine Jean-Pierre. How, how this is going to be paid for, you're going to love this. This is insane. Coming up next, 630K How, Denver's talk station. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, we've all heard the uh, old phrase, a dream without a plan is just a wish. It's true. Uh, And you don't want to wish for your future. You want to plan for it. And when it comes to growing and preserving your hard-earned wealth, it is crucial that you have a plan for the unpredictable future. And just like any hurdle in life, it's good to have a professional on your side, which is why I encourage you to get in touch with Kurt and Cameron Cambier, a father and son duo, my friends, that specialize in both wealth development and wealth management. They take the time to build a relationship with you, to understand your concerns, your needs, and your goals, what makes you you. And then they're going to take that information and they're going to build a fully custom plan that is specific to you. Now, the initial conversations are no cost and, of course, never any obligation. So what does it hurt to get in touch with them and have that conversation and start getting that plan in place now? The phone number is 303-584-1164. I believe there's a lot of opportunity on the horizon, even in tough times. I would make that call soon. 303-584-1161. And the website is KurtCambier.com, K-U-R-T-C-A-M-B-I-E-R.com. Hey, b Yes. You a fan of uh, Bucky's? You know what I'm talking about. Have I ever been to one? Well, have you ever been to a Bucky's? No, never. I'm waiting for the one to open here. So I can... Yeah, where's that going? Is that Longmont or something I think like it's that? Up north, Johnstown is where it is. Yeah, right? Johnstown, just south of Longmont. That's what I thought. I was going to put it there. Uh, is that close to like Johnson's Corner, where they got like really good cinnamon rolls? I think they have really good cinnamon rolls there. That's what I heard. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Johnstown is kind of in between, really, and oh, okay. like Fort Collins. So, are you excited about Bucky's? I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, man. I, I just want to see what it's all about. I mean, I've been to other parts of the country where they are, but I've never yeah, yeah. decided to go up into one. So uh, I have a lot of followers on my social media that are from Kentucky. Yeah. And um, they are going freaking nuts because they just got one. It opened up in Richmond, Kentucky. And they're just beside themselves. And uh, I know we got one coming here. So I posted, I started a thing the other day by accident. I just posted on there. I was like, I don't get the appeal of Bucky's. There, I said it, right? Oh, my God. So many people coming at you. Yeah, yeah. So what's funny about this is that uh, one of my listeners just got me back really good. Because I posted, uh, you know, I showed you those pictures of my studio today when I promoted the show. Yeah. I posted a picture of my studio, my home studio, because that's where I'm at today. And um, Joshua, listener Joshua, said, I don't get the appeal of Leland Conway show. There, I said it. <laughs> is he hanging out with Mean Marge eating pudding or what? I think he is hanging out with Mean Marge eating pudding. I think he is. But I uh, I posted a gif on that. I was like, ouch, that kind of hurt. And I kind of deserved it. <laughs> I wasn't trying to pee in anybody's Wheaties. I was just like, I don't know, man. I've All my life I've traveled like road trips a lot because when we were in Arizona, my parents being missionaries, we would travel back to Kentucky and visit family and then sometimes we would do like fundraising trips and stuff like that and so we were always road tripping everywhere all over the country so i have spent an inordinate compared to the average person i have spent an inordinate amount of my life in uh roadside attractions truck stops convenience stores and all manner of things that um 
are essentially just uh, supposed to be those places, those way stops along the road. And I love them. And there's a thing about them that's really awesome. But I kind of like the ones that are more individual, you know, like a wall drug in South Dakota. That's wild. That that place is wild. It's full of nonsense, but it's awesome. And I think everybody should stop there. But Bucky's is like a chain. So I don't know, man. I just maybe I'm wrong. But hey, what the hell? I've already lit up a couple fires today. I might as well just keep them burning. Right. I mean, might yeah. as well just just keep. Adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> I mean, I just hear that they have good grub, man. Like, I mean, they, you know, that's some what I've heard too. Stores just don't have that, and it's yeah. supposed to be like the king of all convenience stores. So w- here's what we have to do, B. Large. We're gonna, you and I are gonna have to go up there when it opens here, and then I'm gonna have to probably admit that I was wrong. That's probably what's gonna happen because I heard they have a wall of jerky. Ooh. Yeah, and I've heard they got really good barbecue. Yeah. And uh, so my dad. Okay, side note, and I'll get to this audio here in just a second. But my dad. Here's the thing about truck stops for me. I love them. I love them. When I was a kid, I can remember pulling into truck stops, smelling the diesel. I always loved that stuff. It meant we were going home for Christmas or whatever. I always enjoyed it. It was great. But my dad is a, he's kind of, he's frugal. And he has bought so many Christmas presents in a love's truck stop. Like, right? Like, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't really want to go there and go shopping but i'm willing to try it so be large you and i will go up we'll take a video if i'm wrong i'll admit i'm wrong and we'll celebrate everything that is bucky's i mean god bless you if it's your thing but anyway okay i have some ridiculous audio here um kareen jean-pierre the white house spokesperson was asked to explain who is going to pay for this college debt relief Again, here's what we have done. Here's like you're what here's a lot about how much it might cost, it might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there. And you see that the 1.7 trillion uh, deficit in deficit uh, deduction that you see is is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something just... for the middle class. But when you this is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. Okay, what does that have to do with being on so, so, so this is going to cost a trillion dollars. That's The estimates are between $300 billion and a trillion dollars. So what you're saying is this one little thing that removes $10,000 of people's college debt is going to take back more than half of the supposed deficit reduction which isn't what they did they did not reduce the deficit by 1.7 trillion they didn't yeah they raised taxes but they don't take into account when they're figuring that up that when they raise taxes you're going to lose the economy right like they don't take into account yesterday let me see if i can find it here uh i know i've got it yeah here we go here's fox news reporting on job a growing number of u.s companies say that they are planning to lay off workers a lot of uncertainty over the future of jobs in this country some major companies already announcing cuts including ford cutting three thousand jobs now a new survey finds more than half of all major companies in the u.s are planning layoffs in the coming months while 52 percent are preparing for hiring freezes. 44% plan to rescind job offers. So that's the writing on the wall because they just raised taxes on all those corporations and increased regulations on those corporations. That's the writing on the wall. So this deficit reduction they've supposedly created is mythical because it's based on everything staying the same in the economy right now, which isn't good to begin with. But it's not going to stay the same. It's going to go south. 
and companies are preparing for it to go south because they see the writing on the wall and they just got slapped with new taxes and they just got slapped with new regulations. So this idea that they've reduced the deficit by $1.7 trillion is patently false. But beside from that, she's not answering the question. She's filibustering, which is the only thing this lady knows how to do. $1.7 trillion, that's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what, what we're doing as well. Uh, when you think about the, the $4 billion that are going, that's going to go back uh, into, as, as revenue, back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying, paying, right, their college tuition, that matters as well. Okay, wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. Literally, it doesn't make any sense. Who is going to pay for this debt relief? The people who are in debt? <laughs> that, guys, I'm not making this up. You're hearing it from their mouths. <laughs> I haven't. I didn't edit this other than cut it out. That's all I did. I haven't messed with it. I haven't fooled with it. Who's going to pay for the debt relief? The people in debt, like as part of her answer, and obviously it's much more than that, right? Like somehow or another, people paying debt that already exists. So we have, let's say we have, I don't know how much it is. It's over a trillion dollars in college debt. Let's say we have a trillion dollars in college debt and we wipe out 300 billion of it. So now we have 700 trillion dollars in college debt and we paused anybody paying back that college debt. So it's been sitting there gathering interest. And so now I guess it, I guess when those people that had been paused on paying their college debt now actually have to go back and start paying their college debt, they'll be paying for their own debt relief, plus Joe the plumber and Joe the electrician. Does this make any sense? This is the real world, people, and this is the thing that concerns me the most about all of this. If you think our leaders, voters in general, and Americans across the board are getting better at critical thinking, processing information, spotting the truth, and solving problems, you are literally smoking crack. When we continue, I have a comparison. Nanpobot, the Pelosi Bot 9000, is again malfunctioning. We're going to compare what she said today about debt relief for college to April. And then I have some text we're going to read. That's all coming up next. 630K out, Denver's talk station. is filling in for Dan Kaplis today. So keep that in mind and keep it locked in right here. Super Shoe will be here, and he's got um, he's got uh, Heidi Ganahl on as well. And they're going to talk about some of the student loan stuff and the new poll that shows Heidi Ganahl, uh within five points of Governor McPhemey. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I have some audio I'll play in just a second. Real quick, though, let's run through some of these texts. Uh, Leland, I assume that President Biden is among those he refers to as uh, that or refers to as it isn't fair, meaning is he not wealthy? God help us, says Ricardo. Uh, Leland, does my underwater basket weaving degree apply for the loan forgiveness? Brandon, uh, I would assume. Do you have a degree in underwater basket weaving? That's a great degree. There's a lot of jobs in that industry. I mean, nobody. Wa- I mean, everybody wants to weave baskets. Nobody wants to do it underwater. You know what I mean? 
Um, everybody that gets ten thousand dollars forgiveness on their student loans will have to pay that in ta- should have to pay that in taxes. <laughs> that would be hilariously ironic if they did get a tax bill, wouldn't it? I love this one, Leland. I'm 47. My daughter was born when I was 18. I made the choice to stay in her life, and I worked and raised her. When I had the ability and means, I went to college. I paid my way through a firefighter academy and paramedic school. I lost that career when I was convicted of a DUI. Now I work too many hours in a crappy production job with no AC. Who knew that if I had just voted Democrat all these years that I could play this country song backwards? In the end, I wouldn't change a thing. This is who made me who I am. Yes. It's my kind of guy, man. We all make mistakes. But you live through them and you go, hey, this made me better and this made me stronger. Leland, is Bucky's better than Stucky's was? Oh, my God. You're going to age me here. Stucky's was awesome. The striped rooftops. Dude. And it's funny because now... Uh, they've all become like porn video shops along the interstate. What you, you can tell by the iconic roof, you're like, ah, that used to be a Stucky's, and now it's like a video place to go in there through the beaded door. Uh, apparently, Frandy says you can get Johnson's Quarter Cinnamon Rose at 7-Eleven. Is that true? Is that true? Is Frandy lying to me? Is Frandy lying to me? Somebody it's tell true. me if that's true. It's true? Or are they still as good, though? Because it seems like they wouldn't be fresh. If you can ship them to 7-Eleven, are they really, are they really? Like, there's a gas station up the road here that has Cinnabon. And it ain't really. I mean, it is, but it ain't. You know what I mean? Where was I? Oh, I have to play this audio for you because I promised it. Uh, I got to pull it up. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Where are you? Nanbot. Okay. Uh, Nanpolbot9000. Here she is. In April and July, both she said this twice, in April and July of 2021. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. Okay, and it may, again, remember that Nancy Pelosi actually passed away five to seven years ago. God rest her soul, rest in peace. This is her, this is her robot replacement that is malfunctioning. So here she is here in August, and it seems a little different. We were excited about the president because we didn't know what um, what authority the president had to do this. And now clearly, it seems he had the authority to do this $10,000. Oh, my God. Well, we didn't know. Well, it sure sounded like in July and April that they knew. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that. Okay, here's a test of critical thinking skills, okay? How many of you caught this? Nancy Pelosi is the first female Speaker of the House. She is the Speaker of the House. She is history-making Speaker of the House. She doesn't know the rules in the Constitution? I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. Come on, man. We're supposed to believe that? Super shoe in next for Dan Kaplis. I am Leland Conway, 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.